Now back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. Diamonds are forever! Woo! Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Welcome back, everyone. 8.03 the time. Hour number two here on Sports 56 Mornings, the Wednesday, December 13th, 2023 edition. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, Zach Boyd with you from the Family Leisure Studios. Family Leisure, their Christmas sale continues. Check them out at 2120 Witten Road, just north of I-40. Currently 38 degrees. The sun is out, although the clouds are coming. High of 61 today. That's nice tonight. Fair skies and chilly temperatures with a low of around 41. There is a 50% chance of rain tonight. The second hour of the program brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. They are your family's jeweler. Christmas is approaching just uh, 12 days to go. And if you're looking for something special for a special someone in your life, head on over to James Gaddis Jewelers. They are your bridal engagement and anniversary jeweler headquarters, but much more than that. You're looking for a beautiful watch. They have them for you, all types, including Rolexes, the pre-owned, the new, and uh, watches of other types, other brands, gemstones of all types, bracelets, necklaces, earrings, pendants, custom-made jewelry, estate and vintage jewelry. If you need something appraised, bring it on over to James Gaddis Jewelers. And also, as I've talked about, if you have a family heirloom and you want to customize it, get a whole new look, a modern look, they can do that for you as well at James Gaddis Jewelers. they got full-service jewelers, or they are full-service jewelers with two bench jewelers ready to serve you. So if you need uh, a simple cleaning, if you need a resetting, if you just need some information, head on over there. They will, they will supply that for you. James Gaddis Jewelers. Your family's jeweler at 4900 Poplar between Mendenhall and St. Nick on the web at gaddisjewelers.com. Coming up in hour number two, a little bit later on, Jerry Palm joins us. In just a moment, we talk to Andy Borman. Some college football news, according to a report out there, Arkansas running back Rocket Sanders, who hit the transfer portal, is expected to commit to South Carolina. So stay in the SEC. Rocket Sanders would be a huge pickup for Shane Beamer and South Carolina. But right now, it's Wednesday. That means it's time to talk some Tigers basketball with Coach Andy Borman. It's time to talk Memphis Tigers basketball. Joining Sports 56 Mornings is Tigers assistant coach Andy Borman. Now, here's Coach Borman with Greg and Eli. joins us once again. Tigers coming off a huge win at Texas A&M, and they get set for a huge game on Saturday against Clemson. You can follow Coach on Twitter at Andy underscore Borman. I just want to let everybody know, because nothing yet has been made official by the school, we cannot talk to Coach Borman about Naquan Tomlin or about that whole situation, but we can talk to him about everything else. Hey, Coach. Good morning, good morning. How we doing? Doing fantastic. Great win at College Station. How did it happen? <laughs> the guys played well, and uh, and we rebounded. Hey, you rebounded. How about that? How about that? That's a novel concept, uh, right? It is. It is. <laughs> and uh, you know, obviously, Coach Hardaway put together, as he always does, you know, an incredible game plan. And I think our guys stuck to it. You know, it doesn't mean they were perfect, but I think they bought in and stuck to it, and we went to war. You know, and I think. Not to simplify things, but I think that was the type of game that was going to just be standing in the center of the ring throwing haymakers at each other. And, you know, we were we were toe-to-toe with them. 
you talk about the game plan. What were the keys against Taylor and Coleman to do what you guys were able to do to both of them? Yeah, I mean, with uh, with Taylor, I mean, he, he's as good as any guard in the country. And once he gets going and once he finds his rhythm, he's really hard to stop. You know, so we, we try to disrupt him early and often, you know, and one of the ways we did that, you know, it's just by running multiple defenders at him, you know, and, and, and if we can get the ball out of his hands, then we make it a little harder for him to get it back. Um, and I think, like I said, I think he never got in a rhythm and that was enormous, you know, cause a kid like that, that's, that's just a microwave. Mm. You know, if you let, if you let him heat up, then he starts making shots that look like circus shots. <laughs> Um, you know, and then with Coleman, look, he's just as tough as it gets, you know, and, and I, I, I don't know him personally, but he seems like a great person and and a high character kid, but the way he plays basketball, he plays it like a bully (laughs) and, and most bullies don't like to get bullied, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that was, that was it. Keep him off the glass. And I think, I think Malcolm and Nick. And the whole team did a great job of just, you know, keeping him away from the rim. Mm-hmm. We're more apt to look at a box score and determine who played well by just looking at the sheer numbers. You you can't look at a box score necessarily with uh, defensive tenacity. You could look at rebounds and steals and things of that nature. So with that said, and the way you guys played defense and and really bottled up their their two studs was there an unsung hero for you guys in that particular game I mean I think we had a lot of unsung heroes you know but the the guy that I would point to especially on the defensive end you know is Jalen Young you know and and what he did in the second half you know coming in you know really pressuring the ball and forcing turnovers really kind of sparked our run right in the middle of the second half. And I thought that was, that was huge, you know, because if you watch the end of the game, when they started cutting into that lead, (laughs) that's why it's so important to have it, you know, but I I thought there were multiple guys. I thought Nicholas Jordan was incredible. I thought Jaquan Walton really brought it defensively yet again, you know, really starting to establish his identity as a guy that can just guard multiple positions and impact the game and rebound as well. You know, so I, I think we could just keep going on down because it was obviously multiple guys. But for me personally, Jalen Young was just a real catalyst in the second half. Well, you also have some of the, the sung heroes. And David Jones yeah. in that first half – when he gets it going like that, I mean, it has to be tempting to just like every time down, like give him the basketball and just let him go to work. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, and, and when he's in a rhythm, I think everyone realizes it. And I think we did. And I, I think, you know, as long as he started the game out, really passing the ball, you know, he started the game out when they started doubling and sending multiple guys at him, he's finding wide open people. And then because of that, then he got going because, you know, they saw that he was willing to make the pass, you know? And so if he's not willing to make the pass, now you're going to get guarded by three guys and four guys, 
you know, but if you're willing to make that read, and he was and did. And so, and then he got going offensively. And then obviously, their game plan in the second half was to adjust towards him. And then Quinterly went off, mm-hmm. right? Quinterly was fantastic down the stretch, taking the ball to the hole, being the leader that he's supposed to be. But I, I did have an issue, and I'm sure you guys did as well trying to close out that team, watching that finish and watching A&M cut a 14-point deficit to four. And it seemed like you had all types of issues getting that ball in bounds. Uh, you threw it into the corner a couple of times. And I'm just wondering why those issues and why Jalen Young, we just talked about him, a guy who can handle the ball like that with the speed he has is not on the court. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's one of those things where we need to obviously clean it up, and we have. You know, like every – well, I'm not saying we've cleaned it up in-game, but we've been working on it, you know, kind of how we were talking about rebounding in the past. Right. You know, it's one of those things right. where you're like, you're like, well, I mean, Andy, hey, look, it's great that you guys are working on it. When are we going to see it? Mm-hmm. Right? And, and so, you know, every single day in practice, pre-practice, in film, you know, like, I mean, it is the, 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 pra- the, the diagrams and the, the practice of it. I mean, these guys run it flawlessly, you know, flawlessly in practice. <laughs> and we just need in the heat of the moment for them to do it twice in a row. And the minute they do it twice in a row, it'll become a habit, you know, and, and, it just needs to happen. You know, I, I don't know how else to explain it other than get the ball and bounce, hit the open man, make your free throws, take care of the ball. Well, that, that's the key, um, is that, but to hit hit the open man. And, and at times I see, and I don't, I don't want to sit here and say, well, maybe it's a little bit of selfishness that they want to get, that particular person wants to get to the free throw line. But it seems at times, like the, like there was one time where, where David Jones, who is fantastic and shoots great free throws, but he's trying to dribble through three, four guys. He He's not that kind of ball handler. I mean, that's when you got to give the thing up. So I, I'm sure these are the things you're yeah. talking about working on. No, I mean, verbatim, right? You know, verbatim, Coach Hardaway said yesterday to our team, you know, like, you guys are expecting to get fouled. Right. And they're not fouling you, and they're trapping you. And then, you know, like, you need to hit the open man. Like, the right answer to any, like, well, Coach, they were going to foul me. You still hit the open man. It runs clock off. Mm-hmm. Well, Coach, I thought they were going to foul me, but they, you still hit the open man. Mm-hmm. You know, just hit the open man. Just hit the open man. I mean, we have multiple ball handlers on the floor. So I hear what you're saying about Jalen Young, but by the way, there there was not a guy on the floor that can't handle the ball, you know. So it's it's not like, hey, why didn't you take out, you know, Arvidas Sabonis and put in your guard, <laughs> right? Like, you know, like like every single kid on the floor, true, a, true, like a, like a capable ball handler, and by the way, a good free throw shooter, and by the way, a good rebounder and a good defender, mm-hmm. you know. So. I mean, it's it's really like, you know, I like they just need to do it. And, I understand. And they've been, yeah. And and by the way, you're spot on. And it is an identifiable problem that we've been working on. And if we can, to show the beauty of our team and the ability of our team, 
you know, hey, if we can do that, we're going to get even better. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's just something that's got to click in. One of the issues in this game was Malcolm Dandridge's foul trouble, and he fouls out of the game um, in just 11 and a half minutes. What were the issues that led to him getting into the foul trouble the way he did? I mean, his first foul where he offensively pushed off on their big kid, uh, like it's just completely unnecessary. Mm-hmm. And and then his last foul wasn't his. That was Quinterly's. That's what I thought. You know, you know so... You know, it's just, to be honest with you, like, he is right now, you know, our, and Nick shares that, but, like, Malcolm is our kind of, like, anchor around the rim. Mm -hmm. And so he is going to be put in situations, you know, where everything's 50-50, right? He's protecting our rim, and sometimes it's a block, and sometimes it's a foul. And I just think because of that, you can't pick up the silly ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, just, just because you're going to be in that position so many times that we just can't afford the ones that are completely unnecessary. Um, that being said, with him, like, I want to say he finished with seven, seven rebounds in 11 minutes. He did. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, like, like, he's getting there. You know, like, mm-hmm. he is, I mean, he is in great shape. Best shape I've ever seen him in, mentally, you know, physically, emotionally. And I think he was great. I just think, you know, you got the one that was kind of his fault that was unnecessary, and then the one that wasn't. Yeah. And if neither one of those occur, he has 3,000, probably plays 11 more minutes than we're, you know, talking about how he had 16 rebounds that game. Mm -hmm. All right. Before we turn our attention to these two huge games coming up, against Clemson and Virginia. Real quick, you mentioned earlier about Jaquan finding his identity defensively, but he started the season like gangbusters offensively. He has struggled since. What What's the issue with that? I think it's just everybody finding their role. You know, and that that's something we spoke about yesterday as a group and the players and Coach Hardaway, you know, really talking about how can we all like coexist and complement one another, you know, and, and I think for him, stay the course defensively and you're getting good looks man. Mm-hmm. and we know, and we know you're a shooter. I mean, I'll give you the perfect example with him is Virginia Commonwealth. I mean, he, he didn't, he didn't play for like 12 ish, maybe more in the second half. And coach Hardaway started him in overtime and the first play of overtime, he bangs a Hit the big three. three. Right. You know, and so, like, there is not, like, at all any lack of confidence of us in him or of him in himself. And he's getting, he's you know, he's getting and taking good looks. I just think what we're seeing is, you know, a couple games in a row – you know, where it's like one for five, one for six. And I just, you know, hey, look, let's talk this into existence here. But, like, he's going to have that game where he goes five for six. And then everybody's going to be like, oh, there he is. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's us saying it's going to happen against Clemson. There you go. Well, speaking of Clemson, they are obviously undefeated. They've got a big man who can score, can rebound, can step out on the floor, knock down threes. They've got some guys having some really good years. 
what uh, what do you need to do? What's the expectation against this Clemson team? They're really good. They make no mistakes. They literally live off of your mistakes. Um, and they've got, you know, a kid in P.J. Hall that's probably a pro and a kid in Joe Girard that's kind of like reinventing himself. I mean, he scored like 5,000 points in high school. You know, and, and at, at Syracuse, Girardi was kind of like a, don't get me wrong, he was instrumental, but he was a little bit of a, a, a role player. Mm-hmm. And and now he's like, he gets to, you know, if he makes a shot, they're going to run five plays for him in a row. Right. You know, like if he gets hot, they're going to try to let him score 40. You know, and so he's kind of like, oh, this is great. I can be myself again. And they got a lot of confidence. And they play really, really good, disciplined basketball. Like they're the definition of a team where like, their sum is greater than their parts, right? Like, they truly compliment, and they're tough. Like, please don't judge them based on any type of looks. These kids are tough as nails, and they're bullies, and we got to know that. But you're back at home for the first time in about a month. That's got to feel good. It does, and I think personally, and I hope, you know, and I know people, I'm not the first one to say it, and I don't think me saying it is going to make anyone buy tickets here. But um, I hope we pack this sucker out. You know, like we're we're rolling, we're playing well. We have a ton of pride in our city, and we're back home for the first time in a month. And it's a top twenty-five matchup. Mm-hmm. This place should be rocking. You know, because we're we're ready, and so you know, we just hope the whole city gets behind us too. I think they will. I think tickets are being sold briskly, and we'll see what that crowd yep. is. And I know you don't look ahead to the next game. You're concentrating on Clemson, but you won't be back on until Wednesday morning next week, so that'll be after the Virginia game. Just quick uh, on, on Virginia, you know you're playing probably a 180 style from you. It's uh, Tony Bennett has... Um, uh, been pretty successful with the style he runs. What's right off the bat, just without even uh, going in a deep dive to Virginia, when you play a team like that, it's a completely different style. Yeah, it is. It, it, it's and they're going to slow it down, and they're going to want every possession, theirs and ours, to be under ten in the shot clock. You know, and and when you when you try to speed them up, they're going to try to take advantage of you. If you get desperate, they're going to try to take advantage of, you know, like they're the analogy for me is always kind of like a football team that's really good at running the ball. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, if if they get a lead and they, you know, they, that means they get to keep running the ball. Mm -hmm. But if, if you can get on them early and now they have to try to score to keep up, you know, so like you just said, it's a contrast in styles. And it's just going to be who can win that war without, like you said, without a deep dive into personnel. It's just going to be who can win. You know, are they playing our game or are we getting forced to play theirs? That's a great point. Uh, Coach Borman says pack out the house, pack it out for Saturday, Clemson, and for Tuesday, Virginia, two top 25 teams. Big games coming up for the University of Memphis. He is Coach Andy Borman. You can follow him on Twitter at Andy underscore Borman and listen to him every Wednesday morning talking with us right here on Sports 56 Mornings. I'll see you on Saturday, Andy. Thank you so much.
Thank you. Take care. If you're not going to be able to make it to the games, whether it be the Clemson game, whether it be the Virginia game, or any Tiger game, or when they're on the road, and of course with the Grizzlies in action tonight and all their games, if you're not going to be there, you can always watch them at East Coast Wings and Grill. They've got great TVs to watch all of the action. Bowl games will be getting started this weekend. You can watch those. Of course, all the NFL football as well. Anything that's on, it's on at East Coast Wings and Grill. Of course, while you're watching the games, you can enjoy great food and drinks and so much more at East Coast Wings. 60 flavors of wings to choose from, all available in seven different heat indexes as well. You've got the great burgers and flatbreads, other sandwiches, salads, so much stuff on that menu. We've had some new stuff added recently that you could check out. Don't forget about the rewards program to earn rewards on any dollar you spend. They've got 24 draft beers on tap. 3.30 to 6.30, Monday through Friday. It's happy hour where you get two for one on those draft beers. Plus, they've got bucket specials and more. It's all at East Coast Wings and Grill just off Highway 64, right between Lowe's and Walmart on Kate Hyde Boulevard, East Coast Wings and Grill. Jerry Palm from CBS Sports joins us next. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Join the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin, for Wolo and Friends. Weekday mornings from 10 to 11, here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. To reveal the full spectrum of its dazzling color. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. We have some big events coming up. We have some big games coming up where hopefully folks have saved up their money to purchase tickets for these particular games as coach just talked about Andy Borman who joined us hopefully the crowd will be huge for Saturday's Memphis Clemson game then for Tuesday's game against Virginia and of course Friday night the return of Dylan Brooks I would imagine a big crowd for that for the Grizzlies and the Houston Rockets it is Wednesday it's time to talk to Jerry Palm It's time for Sports 56 Mornings Weekly Chat with Jerry Palm, college football and basketball writer and bracketologist for CBSSports.com. Here are Greg, Eli, and Jerry. He is Jerry Palm, CBS Sports, CBS Sports.com. He joins us every Wednesday all year long. We give him a little bit of time off during the summer. He can uh, be followed on Twitter, and he should be followed on Twitter at JPPOMCBS. And again, check out everything with his bowl projections. Obviously, that's uh, now a moot point, but certainly uh, he did a great job with that, as he always does. Plus, bracketology leading up to the NCAA tournament. He is the one and only Jerry Palm, who joins us now on Sports 56 Mornings. JP, how are you? I'm all right. How are you? Doing great. I want to hear about your your Toronto trip here in just a second. But first, it is time for five favorite things as we we wind down. Five favorite things, Jerry. I don't know if you heard the announcement, but we only have several more weeks, and then we're uh, we're putting this thing into the Smithsonian Institute. It's been a well, gr- it's all right. been a well. Gr- I guess I uh, I better save up all my best stuff for now. Then yeah, it's been <laughs> it's been a great run. But uh, this week is your five favorite mobster movies. All right, go. All right, I got uh, number five, French Connection. Uh, number four, Untouchable. Uh, number three, which is probably the newest of them, is Pulp Fiction. 
number two, Godfather 2, and number one, the original Godfather. It's a great list. You could list. probably flip those. And I just, those kinds of movies aren't really my thing, as you can tell by the fact that all of the ones I've seen are really old. But uh, anyway, those are all really good, though. See, it's it's my thing, and there was a lot of movies I had to say ah can't 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 break into the top five. So, um, I think it'll be a fun list when we get to it a little bit later on with all our listeners' uh, top five. All right, so you were in Toronto, you saw some basketball, you watched your Purdue Boilermakers, but you yep. also saw Clemson and yeah. TCU. Clemson comes in Saturday to play Memphis, as you know, it's a huge yeah. game. Clemson's a veteran team. Memphis is a veteran team. Yeah. What did you see from Clemson? Uh, you know, I thought that Clemson and TCU were, you know, they were both entered that game undefeated, were pretty good teams, uh, solid, you know, fundamentally sound. You mentioned that Clemson, you know, an older team, experienced team, and they played that way. Uh, I think athletically, Memphis has an advantage. Um, and I, I actually thought they were the third and fourth best teams there, even though Clemson is ranked. Uh, Alabama now has, I think, two losses uh, after losing to Purdue. Um, but, uh, you know, they're really good teams. They're, they're not going to beat themselves and you can't make mistakes, um, against Clemson. You, you know, if you're sloppy with the ball, if you're, if you're just fundamentally unsound, they're going to give you problems because they are, um, that they don't, I don't know that they're, they're great at anything in particular, but they're good at everything. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and when you, when you are, that means that you have a lot of options, you know, you can play. You could expose whatever weaknesses your your opponent has, and um, and I think that that's you know Clemson will be a real good test. Yeah, we just had oh, the assistant coach on. He eventually said you can't make mistakes against them because they don't yeah. make mistakes and they will nope. live off your mistakes. They're really solid. They're really solid, and um, yeah, and they will. They'll feed off of what and and they'll take whatever you give them. So you know, it, 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 they're they're solid. They're versatile. They don't have. I would say they don't have a superstar type of player mm-hmm. necessarily. Somebody they don't have like a Zach Eady that you really just got to focus on. They don't have anybody like that, but that that also makes them harder to beat because everybody can contribute. Yeah, how I, and I didn't see the the numbers from that game, but how good was PJ Hall in that game? Oh gosh, I I don't remember the numbers either, um, but he 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 played. I thought pretty well, but that, they all played pretty well. I don't remember. You know, we didn't see the beginning of the game because it was the post. It was the second game, and so we were uh, in the um, you know in the concourses and stuff during the beginning of that game. So we missed the beginning of it. But um, you know, he's a great player. <laughs> so you know, but I don't remember that, that particular game. You know, him standing out more than others. So Purdue now at nine and one, third ranked in the AP poll this week. Uh, you watched your Boilermakers play. How does the Purdue team, and of course Edie's back, and he was a, a big focal point last year, as he always is. It, how different is this year's team from last year's team, if there is much difference at all? Well, a lot of that team is back. So um, the entire starting five is back, although they're not all starters now. Um, what Purdue is, what's different about Purdue this year is they're more athletic in some key spots. Uh, they brought in Lance Jones from Southern Illinois, where he was a two-time defensive player of the year, who has shored up their perimeter defense, but he can also get downhill with the ball and is like having another point guard on the floor. Uh, for Purdue, of course, the point guard is Braden Smith, who is capable of going off as a scorer, and he had 27 against Alabama. Um, but 
you know, it, it, it Purdue's now starting three guards that are that can defend the perimeter better than they could in the past. Um, and they're and they're actually starting. It's a funny lineup. They start three guards and two posts because Trey Kaufman Ren starts with uh, Zach Eady, and he's a six ten. Mm. Back to the basket kind of guy who can step out and shoot wow. the three. In fact, he got the first points for Purdue in that game as a three pointer, and it's the only points of his in the entire game. But you know, it's it's a different kind of lineup. It's a more athletic lineup. They're really deep. They play ten, and they may play ten all year. You know, a lot of teams play ten early. Purdue may play play ten all year, um, and they've got two new guys that are super athletic. And Cam Heidi, a redshirt freshman forward, and Miles Colvin. Uh, a freshman guard uh, from Indianapolis, and he is a guy that he's like the tenth guy, so he doesn't play a ton of minutes. But Painter plays him in high pressure situations. He was in near the end of the game against Alabama. He's in the game near the end often, which is you know unusual. First of all, for a freshman, but also for a guy who doesn't play a ton of minutes mm-hmm. generally. Yeah. I don't know why SIU, Southern Illinois, wasn't better last year with that kid you produced got, the Damask kid that's at Illinois. They, they should have been great last year. They weren't, they weren't any good. I don't understand what was going on there. Coaching. The, um, where do you – try to take your Purdue hat off for a second, but who do you think right now is the best team in the country? Well, I think it's number one Arizona. Yeah, and we'll find out more about them. But, you know, that's a team that's got some big wins already. Um, now, you know, that's, there's not a lot of holes in that team. Uh, they don't have a Zach Eady. Nobody does, but, you know, they can beat you in a lot of different ways that they've got NBA guys. I mean, that's, I, I'm going to go on Saturday, uh, to watch that game in Indianapolis. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to seeing them in person for the first time. Um, but yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be a great, that should be a great challenge for both of these teams because each of them have got, you know things that are that really make things hard on their opponents, then it doesn't really matter who the opponent is. So um, I, I think that Arizona's the best team so far this season from what we've seen of what they do, uh, and the winner of this game um, should probably be number one next week. Of course, Arizona would be since they're already number one. But if Purdue wins this game with all of the quality wins they have. Um, they should probably be number one next week. Yeah, they got 62 of the 63 first place votes this past week in the AP poll. I like them a lot. They're always talented. Arizona's always got players, but I really like this team, the makeup of this team. The other team that got the lone remaining first place vote was Houston. We know the job Kelvin Sampson has done since he came to Houston. I haven't really paid much attention to this year's team. Do you know much about them? They haven't given you much of a reason to. Yet. Right. They're a perfect 10 and 0, but have they played anybody? Not that I'm, not no one of you know, real significance. I mean, if you look at the top, the teams at the very top, other than Houston, Arizona's played big games. Purdue won the Maui Invitational against three teams Can- that were ranked right. in the top 12 when they played them. Kansas has played uh, big games. Kansas has played big games. So, you UConn, know, the teams yeah. up at the mm-hmm. top have played a lot of really big games that Houston hasn't. So, until we see Houston. You know, get into uh, certainly in Big Twelve play, they're going to see plenty of it. So it, it's coming, but until I, I'm basically reserving judgment on Houston until you know they they play some of these bigger name teams, and I don't know what the rest of their non conference schedule looks like. Um, but certainly in conference play, they're going to get some of those games. Well, they get uh, this week. They get Texas A and M. Yeah, that so is, that's a good team. Yeah, um, you know that's a borderline top twenty five team. 
So, you know, this should be a good test. Yeah, they, they have played. like yeah, the, the Now, to be fair, the good news for them, um, they haven't played anybody, but they have absolutely hammered everybody. They've won six well, games by at least 30 points, so they are yeah. killing the lesser opponents like they should. But, yeah, right. but their schedule is Yeah, awful. I mean, when you look at who everybody else at the top of college basketball is playing it. You know, I don't know why Houston either didn't want or just didn't get those games. Um, but, you know, it's we've had a lot of great non-conference matchups mm-hmm. already we this have. season. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we even talk about UConn. Uh, UConn is, is, you know, looked every bit the part of a potential back-to-back champion. I mean, that's a really good team as well. And they played some big games. But, you know, Houston has just not joined the party yet. Yeah, and that's a team in UConn that lost Hawkins and they lost yep. Sonomo. They're gone. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they still got Klingon, the big guy. Klingon, who was off coming off the bench last year. Yeah, and he's 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 solid. But, yeah, that's a, that's a team certainly to, uh, to keep an eye on. But what about – you mentioned Texas A&M. Houston will play Texas A&M. Memphis beat Texas A&M last weekend in College Station. Yep. We just talked about that they're going to play Clemson on Saturday, then play Virginia on Tuesday. They just picked up Naquan Tomlin from Kansas State, and I'm sure you remember Kansas Memphis State. Did, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. He couldn't. Uh, he couldn't get cleared to play there. Oh, they they, right? they, they released him. They they released well, he, him. He was he was there last year, and he got into trouble. And they they, oh, they let him go. Gotcha. Okay, but yep, he was right, the he was the one who went uh, who had that great run in the um, in their run yep. in the NCAA tournament. He was double figures every game he played. Yep. Uh, quality big man who can move at six foot ten. So he was released from the team just last week. He graduated over the weekend, and he's here in Memphis. Not yet official, official where he is registered and you know, for school and all that. But he will be with the Memphis Tigers. And so I don't know how much you know about him other than what he did in the NCAA tournament. But Jordan Brown hasn't been the guy who Memphis had hoped he would be. And I'm not sure if he's even going to be with the team um, anymore. I, we don't know. It's kind of a mystery. But to bring in a guy like Tomlin to this team that already is playing incredibly well, what do you think it does for Memphis's chances to make a long run in March? Well, it's always good to have quality bigs, you know, because it, it, it's it's hard to win without them, really. And because you think of, you know, the NBA. I mean, you know, bigs in the NBA are all at least partly perimeter guys, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, but in college basketball, you have a lot more post play yes and if you don't have a quality big it, it's hard to really it's it's hard to win with just guards and small forward types uh in college basketball so you know you can't have enough quality big and especially if you're going to lose the one you've got um you know then that's yeah that's that's huge i mean you need big play and even if he's not going to be the starter you've got somebody better whatever having a guy like that is, is definitely a great addition to a team any team, um, but it's probably especially Memphis. You mentioned you'll be going to the basketball game, but any of the uh, any of the bowl games coming up, uh, getting underway Saturday, float your boat? Um, you know, I, it's hard for me to get into the bowl games this year <laughs> for some reason. Seriously. I, uh, the, 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 whole, uh, the whole playoff thing left a sour taste in my mouth, mm-hmm. uh, but I will watch because I always do. Um, but I don't know that any game, you know, jumped off the page at me the first weekend. The first weekend, you get a lot of um, terrible games. You get a lot of games, in, in, you know, that are you get a lot of teams from the smaller conferences. The Potato Bowl is this week. I, I like the New Mexico Bowl. I, I like New Mexico State. 
um, playing Fresno State. I think that's an interesting game because that'll be, you know, Fresno State kind of ended on a on a downward trend, but New Mexico State had a had a you know a fantastic season for them in, in Conference USA, their best season in recent years. But Jerry Kill coaching that guy can coach and he's, he's fabulous. Yep, yep. And uh, so I guess of the of the first weekend games, that's the one I've I've paid most attention to, and I'll watch others. But I haven't got in front of mine yet. I'm, I'm in basketball mode. I have a bracket this Friday. Yeah, the one the one game maybe as far as marquee names. I'm not saying marquee teams, but marquee names. Boise State obviously synonymous with, oh, with college basketball. Yep. UCLA they play together, and it looks like Chip Kelly. I don't think they're going to make a move. If they hadn't made a move already, they're not going to make yeah. a move now. So and I like, like I like Boise in that game too. That's just that's one of those games where I don't know if UCLA even wants to be there. And, and Boise, you know, you're playing a Pac-12 team, you're going to show up. It's in L.A., it's in UCLA's uh, backyard, but uh, yeah, UCLA's but a three-and-a-half-point favorite. UCLA is on the basketball team. So you said they're going, you're going to have a bracket coming out this Friday? Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, I usually do one in mid-December uh, at the end of finals week is about the time. And then I'll, I'll start, the next one won't be until the, uh, probably the first Friday in January, the Friday before the championship. Nice, nice. Real, real quick, Riley Leonard to Notre Dame. Big pick up there. Yeah, it's... It was coming from the moment he announced his transfer. Uh, he was always going to Notre Dame. Uh, yeah, if he can stay healthy, you know, he's a nice player. It, it, it'll be interesting to see. It'll be a, a step up in competition and expectations. And uh, so we'll see if he can manage that. But uh, I, I think it's pretty promising. But, you, you know, it's funny because Sam Hartman, you know, went from Wake Forest to mm-hmm. Notre Dame, and everybody was really excited. And he didn't quite live up to the expectation. The expectations are always higher at Notre Dame anyway, and it's not like he was terrible. But, you know, in some of the big games, he didn't really play as well as Notre Dame needed him to. So it'll be interesting to see if Riley Leonard can do that. All right, have fun in Indianapolis. Uh, get your get your college football brain working again, because next week we'll talk a lot about the bowl games. Appreciate it, JP. Yep. Thank yep. you now. Jerry Palm, CBS Sports, cbssports.com. You can follow him on Twitter at CBS. If you're ready for a new Silverado, all-star Chevy in Olive Branch has financing down to 1.9 or up to 10000 cash, plus make no payment for 90 days. And your good credit, well, deserves all of that. Check out all the red tag deals they have on the Tahoes, the Equinox, the Trailblazers. Families love the Traverse with the third-row seat so you can do more together. Christmas, holiday trips, what are you doing New Year's Eve? What are you driving? How about one of those beautiful traverses or any of those great vehicles from All Star Chevrolet? Check this out military, teachers, college students, healthcare workers, you get an extra $500 bonus. If you want a certified pre owned Chevy or any pre owned, All Star is loaded up. And if you don't see it, ask Jeff. He'll find it for you. Kevin and Jeff and everyone here at All Star Chevy ask me to wish everyone a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year on their behalf. Remember, it's not South Haven, not Mount Moriah, Bartlett, or Collierville. It's got to be Olive Branch. Find new roads to All Star Chevy today or go to allstarautogroup.com. You're tuned in to Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio. We are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. Genuine diamonds, baby. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. So I saw the story. I didn't get a chance to read it, like what the particulars are, but Al Michaels removed from NFL playoff coverage. 
Mm-hmm. What's up with that? The BC is not going to use him this year. So just a simple decision on not wanting to use him for. They have better choices. This is Al Michaels, for goodness sakes. Uh, it's going to be Noah Eagle and um... Noah Eagle, really? Iron Eagle's son, who's I don't good. Remember who the color person is going to be um, for their second crew after wow. Tariko and Collinsworth. Um, That's sending a message, isn't it? That time is winding down on Al's career? Yeah, I mean, obviously, back Michaels has been criticized a bit and was criticized very much last year for the playoff game that he did um, for them. Again, it's not like he's working for NBC. He does right. the game on Amazon. Right, no, I understand. They've still used him last year. But he's still a huge For name. their playoff game, but they're going with Noah Eagle. I can't think of who the heck the color guy is for that uh, for that secondary crew now uh, for the playoffs. But yeah, it'll be Noah Eagle will be the playoff, uh, play-by-play guy. Is it uh, Collinsworth's kid? No, no. I'm just throwing out names. Since it's Ian Eagle's kid, maybe they're going with the old kid uh, lineup. By the way, the... Well, Collinsworth kid does play-by-play, too, so... Does he do play-by-play? Yeah. Oh, I thought he was an analyst. So, Monday night, we had the two Monday night football games. And I assume it was Joe and Troy on the first one? Mm -hmm. That second crew, I thought, was great. First of all, I love Fowler. I think Fowler is good at everything he does. Tennis, college football, obviously. Lewis Riddick is great. I mean, fantastic. And Orlovsky is really good breaking down things. I mean, he he breaks down things kind of like Romo does, except he does it in a more articulate way. He's not all over the place like Tony, but Tony's entertaining. And then they had Rutledge on the sidelines, who does a great job. I thought that crew was fantastic. I would have no problem listening to that crew do a Monday night game as opposed to Joe and Troy. Not that I don't think Joe and Troy are really good, you know, Buck's been Buck's a future Hall of Famer as far as broadcasting Hall of Fame, but he's not always been my cup of tea. That crew, I thought, is really, really good. Just a personal preference. It's no Eagle and Todd Blackledge. Okay, Blackledge. But what do you think about that crew? What I'm talking about. Uh, I like what Orlovsky's done games. I think he's been been really good. Yeah, I don't I don't have any problem with him. I mean, is there I anybody you don't like? Fowler's fine. Don't I don't. Like, I don't. I don't love don't, Fowler, but I think Fowler's fine. You don't like Riddick? Riddick's okay. I, mean, they're, I, they're I, all, I just think they're, they're all, really good. Uh, I think Orlovsky's the best of the group, but I, I mean, they're all perfectly fine. The NFL could award a 2024 regular season game to the country of Brazil as soon as today, according to Adam Schefter. So I guess they're uh, going to announce one way or the other. Roger Goodell said in October that the NFL could add another international location. Uh, they've been looking at uh, possibly Rio de Janeiro, Sao Paulo, Madrid. The uh, the thing with the Al Michaels deal that was, I guess, what made it a big story is apparently Al Michaels didn't know this. Like they, he was he was he was caught off guard, as they say. Like he he thought he was still going to be doing the game. Really, that's tough. I mean, it's Al Michaels for goodness sakes. I mean, a a tradition. Because the story from the New York Post, um, he it says he he believed he was still going to be calling the game, but did not know who he'd be working with. When informed by the Post about it being in limbo, 
Michael sounded unaware of the possibility. He said, it's in my deal. Where are you hearing that from? That's part of my deal. Are you hearing something I'm not hearing? So, so if it's part of his deal, they're breaking uh, the contract, in essence. If it's in his contract, written in that contract, then we have an issue here. And I wonder how big a deal Al Michaels wants to make about that situation. It just shocked me when I saw that. Yeah, again, I don't know what his... I have no idea how the deal works with him doing that one game for NBC. I've he may he may not know what his deal actually says either. <laughs> well, his agent should. Uh, Grizzlies and the Rockets tonight in Houston. When we come back, hour number three, we will open up with our buddy DeMichael Cole from the Commercial Appeal. Talk about the Grizzlies. Obviously, we're getting closer and closer to the return of John Morant, scheduled to be back for the Tuesday game next week in New Orleans against the Pelicans. The Grizzlies at 6-16. Six and 16. They've now dropped six games behind New Orleans for that final spot in the play-in. That would be the 10th position in the Western Conference. Can they get one or two against Houston? They lost already once to them this year in Houston. Rockets are playing good basketball. They're 11-9. Dylan Brooks, got to give it up for Dylan Brooks. He has done a real nice job to help that team on the defensive end. they got a bunch of scorers now, and those young players seem to be maturing very quickly. Grizzlies will get the Rockets back on Friday night in Memphis, the return of Dylan Brooks. Now, the Rockets have not played good at home or are good on the road, so you hope to at least split, but... Man, if you can get two wins against Houston, even if you lose at Oklahoma City, which you probably will do on Monday night, you will get to that eight mark. And I'll talk to DeMichael. I'm sure we'll discuss that when uh, he joins us next hour about that eight because that's the number he was looking at. It was the number I was looking at. It doesn't mean that it eliminates them. If they don't get to eight, doesn't mean they get in. <laughs> if they win eight games out of their first 25, it's just a number that I came up with that I thought gives them a, a fighting chance. We'll talk to DeMichael about that. And then later on in hour number three, five favorite things. Your five favorite mobster movies of all time. Get your lists in now. Sports 56 listener lines. The number is 901-360-8255. So you can text in your list at that number, 901-360-8255, or send it via Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or send it to our website, sportsmemphis.com. You're tuned in to Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56, and 98.5 FM.